Welcome back to the past. This is Dating Ourselves, the podcast that talks everything 80s, 90s, and early 2000s. I'm your host, Adam, and as always, I'm joined by my co-hosts, Brian and Paul. Hello! Power Rangers! Ho! I think that's supposed to be Thundercats. I thought that was Thundercats are go. That's Thunderbirds. You're remembering it that way because they misquoted it in the movie Juno when her water broke. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's morphin' time? Times two? Uh, sure, why not? We'll go with that. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> That's right. This is Power Rangers Part Deuce. Last time we discussed Power Rangers, I couldn't shut up, which is probably going to be the case again tonight, although I have a timer and a cattle prod, so hopefully <laughs> it'll have a different result. I'm in the other room and I will be handling the cattle prod. I'm imagining that uh, apparatus they used in uh, Saving Silverman. (laughs) Every time he thinks about Judith, just shock him. (laughs) Yes. That that would be a better idea. But to be fair, last time we didn't really do Power Rangers justice. We spent more time talking about Sentai and Japan and what led to the birth of the Power Rangers than the Power Rangers themselves. So as you may have noticed, we invited Dan B., our resident Power Rangers expert, back to talk about it. And I'm super excited, which should come as a shock to no one. (laughs) Really? We could not tell at all. (laughs) Well, just as a reminder, if you missed part one of the Power Rangers episode, you should really check us out. You can find that in all of our past episodes at www.datingourselvespodcast on iTunes, Google Music, and wherever you find your podcasts. I find mine in the custody of Alpha 5. Oh, hi, 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 We're um, in the custody of Alpha 5. <laughs> uh, he keeps it in uh, Zordon's little uh, utility drawer right at his base, <laughs> the base of the tube. So, unfortunately, due to jokes like this, we have no new five star written reviews. <laughs> so, nothing new to share, guys. <laughs> I just bring a level of class to dating ourselves, don't I? <laughs> That's right. That's right. Um, but seriously, guys, if you want to leave us a five-star review, it really does help out the show, especially a written review, so that way people can see all the kind feedback that you have to leave about the show. Uh, that being said, anything that you leave for us in a five-star written review, we will read in some, some way or another. We may have to censor some of it, depending on what you write, but we will uh, we will definitely read it on air. So kind of a, a fun little way to get your words um, presented on the glitzy internet equivalent of radio waves. So do us if a favor. You're, uh, working on a novel and you want us to like you know read it on air. <laughs> you say that uh, about me. <laughs> I'm like ah, get on with it, Brian. <laughs> I think he was talking about. Uh, there if you go. you're working on uh, poetry, you know whatever, we'll read it on air. That's right. As That's long right. as there's that five star review attached to it. That's right. And circle, circle, <laughs> dot, dot. We'll definitely read it for you. <laughs> Now you got your cootie shot? That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Let's get this started. When we last left our heroes, Zordon had just recruited five teenagers with attitude who also happened to be in their 30s. (laughs) And they were trying to save the world from being conquered by Rita Repulsa. Mm. Or mostly Angel Grove. That's That's true. They really only cared about California. 
Did they ever specifically say Angel Grove was in California, or did we just assume by the fact there was a juice bar in the 90s? <laughs> I'm I mean, thinking that was just assumed. <laughs> it kind of felt like Bayside High, so that's kind of why I assumed they were like like in the same conference or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> was Sunnyvale. <laughs> and then wherever Alex Mack went to school, it's all right there in the same place. <laughs> Makes sense. I don't know. I'm not... That would be cool, though. It'd be like a Marvel action universe, but with like the Power Rangers, Alex Mack, and Saved by the Bell. That would Who be would cool. they take to prom? Oh, gosh. That I would be know. some awesome crossover episodes. <laughs> that would be. I could see Alex Mack and Zach, although there's an age difference there. A little bit. A little bit. Yeah. That wouldn't be creepy at all. <laughs> no, of course not. So, so where did you guys want to begin, Paul? This is uh, kind of you and Dan's forte. Adam and I will just kind of make sure we uh, stay on the path. But other than that, um, where you would just you guys look like pretty. to begin? That's right. That's right. We're, we're, the, we're the talent. Uh, I'm, I'm Vanna White, and he's uh, Ed McMahon. I so, have been told that I have a face for radio. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> so... I figured we would start with uh, the Power Rangers themselves, their colors, and then uh, we can talk about Zords. Cool. Love it. Sounds good. So this was the first grouping of Rangers to include the Green Ranger going from the uh, Sentai to the U.S., uh, although the Green Ranger didn't come in till the tail end of season one. But the original primary Rangers were the Red Ranger, who was uh, Jason Lee Scott. Uh, the Black Ranger, who was Zach Taylor. Who also apparently only had nine fingers, right? That's what I think yes. we, yeah, we learned that last time. Nine and a half? Yeah, so he's Wasn't like... nine? Just nine. It was all the way to the base. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. But no, it's kind of interesting. He's got like nine fingers like Frodo, so it's cool. <laughs> uh, we have the uh, Pink Ranger. What was... It was Kimberly. Kimberly but what was her Hart. Last name? Kimberly right. Hart. Yep. Kimberly Hart. I bet she went to Sunnyvale before Angel Grove High. <laughs> she totally would fit the bill, yeah. Oh, and yeah, then, 100%. And then wasn't she like a like a creepy ghost girl, like in Suzy Q? Was that the name of the movie? That sounds right. Like it was like a yeah. made-for-Disney TV movie. Amy before Jo Johnson. Power Rangers? No, after Power Rangers. She was after, like... Yeah. yeah. So I was going to say, I don't remember her doing anything before... Power Rangers, but I can't. Yeah, be this wrong. would have been like late 90s, like probably 98, 99, something like that. See, I was thinking it was around the same time, but I guess I could be wrong. Eh, it may have been. I, I'm, I may be way off, but. We will have to Google later. Yes. No, I know she did like some uh, Lifetime esque movies. She, she got pretty popular outside of Power Rangers uh, doing some movies for a while, but I didn't know what they were. Yeah, Suzy Q came out in 96, so. Um, okay. And then, yeah, she was like a, a ghost girl, basically, that no one else could see except for the main male character. So, anyway, I, I, <laughs> I don't know a whole lot about the movie. I haven't seen it in, like, 15 years, but thought it was worth bringing up. So, But you've watched Power Rangers more recently than Suzy Q? That is true. That is true. <laughs> Not a lot, but enough to uh, remember some of the, the bulk and skull scenes and uh, some of the monsters and the zords and stuff. So uh, We had the Yellow Ranger, which was Trini Kwan. Uh, we had the Blue Ranger, who is Billy Cranston, 
who is his character was named after Brian Cranston, who did voiceover work for Saban. Mm-hmm. Yep. No kidding. Yep. Brian Cranston of Breaking Bad fame, Mr. White himself. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hey, he you voiced... can't leave out Malcolm in the middle. Oh, yeah. Malcolm in the middle. Or How I Met Your Mother. Or How I Met yes. Your Mother. He was the boss. Yeah. He was. Or Godzilla. Or Seinfeld. Okay. Or Seinfeld. Yes. He was the dentist in Seinfeld. He was. Right? The anti-dentite episode. Yep. <laughs> so uh brian cranston worked for saban studios and did voiceover work for several of the shows that they produced and because he was already there on payroll he ended up voicing several of the monsters over the years of the original run probably the first like 70 episodes or so he had three or four reoccurring roles no kidding mm-hmm. i never knew that i and did not know they I did not know the monsters ones. What were some of the monsters that he did? Um, the pig monster uh, from the Halloween episode. Oh, okay, the one, the one that <laughs> ate everything. Yes. Okay. That's uh, the I only think, one I remember specifically. I think he was also like there was a flower monster thing that he was. Bloom of Doom. Yeah. Okay. Yes. It's sad that I know the actual names of the monsters, but go on. <laughs> <laughs> Just start uh, making them up. Uh, yeah, the... Uh, the Waxer Saxer? <laughs> but I, outside of the pig, I don't specifically remember which roles, but he was heavily involved in Saban Studios. Um, it was right before he got his union card, and he was taking any job with a speaking role, trying to get enough hours. And so because he was on the payroll at the studio... They used him, or, uh, he was there a lot, and they ended up naming the character after him, the writers. And now he's, like, super in everything. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Gojira. <laughs> what was that movie he was in with uh, James Franco that came out, like, a couple years ago? Oh, uh, Why Him, I think Why Him, called. I think that's what it's called. Yep, I think you're right. So some of the other uh, things about the, the, the five original ones that, that made them awesome were their weapons that they had when they would morph. Uh, the Red Ranger had the uh, power sword, which is kind of like the, the main power weapon, even when they would uh, do their combination of weapons. And the Black Ranger, he had the power axe. Pink not, Ranger. Not, not to be confused with the body spray, by the way. Yeah, right. <laughs> it does not. That stuff does not work, by the way. I, I didn't have women magnetized to me. That didn't. Uh, it looks more like a Van Halen guitar than it did an axe. Yeah, true. <laughs> and then after the axe was the power bow, which she one of the cool things about her weapon was that she could fire off multiple shots at once. So and that, like, was the, that was the Pink Ranger, right, Kimberly? Yeah, that was yep. the Pink Ranger, gotcha. correct, yep. The, the Yellow Ranger, Trini, had the daggers, and then Billy, the Blue Ranger, had the Power Lance, which on their own, were, they, were, they had their own like special moves that they could do like combinations uh, that would finish off monsters, but at the same time, they could also combine to make what was called the Power Blaster, so the mm-hmm. uh, the power bow would feature as the no it was I'm sorry it was the power axe that would feature as the base and then they would just call out their weapons and it would attach onto the power axe to form this power blaster at the very end. 
That's awesome. It was almost like Legos. They just sort of all interlocked together. It was very toyetic. Um, made oh, for yeah. a great marketing ploy. Of oh, yeah. absolutely. Did you, did you guys have the Power Blaster toys? I had only the I had only the uh, the blasters that they had as their other sidearm in addition to their special weapon. I never had any of the special weapons. Oh yeah, okay. I'm I I'll have to go back and double check, but I'm pretty sure I had the power blaster at some point. I had, awesome. I think I had it too, and I re- vaguely remember that I would try to, I put it together one time and then dropped it or something, and it would never be put back together uh. again. So it was the, like the, the Humpty Dumpty of Power Blasters, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Humpty Dumpty of Power Ranger toys. Oh, that's so sad. <laughs> And this was a common trope in these type of shows where they would start with their originating weapon and or original form. And then, of course, as the series would go on, they would add more weapons to sell more toys. And, of course, they had to interlock together, which made you more likely to buy a complete set as opposed to just individuals for your favorite character. It's really a perfect marketing ploy. That's true. as, As each season went on, yeah, like you said... Uh, instead of the, they still use the power blaster, but that kind of went away and they replaced it with the power cannon, which was not nearly as exciting because they took like these battery cell looking things and they'd be like the red power cell, plunk, blue power cell, plunk. And then they would <laughs> fire this cannon and mm. <laughs> not nearly as exciting as the, the power blaster. And if I remember correctly, didn't they, the toys have some sort of liquid in them that moved so it looked like it had energy when you tipped it upside down? Oh, maybe. Was, I don't remember. Or was I'll that just... later, or a, a later one? I think that might have been a later one because I do uh, not remember that. Yeah, I can't, I can't recall that. Um, and I, I do have to say, uh, Paul, you are absolutely right, though, because Saban was just brilliant figuring out ways to be able to add on to previous stuff that they had come out with. Like I'm sure we'll talk later about how uh, later on, you know, with the Megazord, then they were able to add on the Dragon Zord on top of the Megazord. And uh, then they were, you know, they added the power, you know, what was the uh, giant dinosaur transport thing for it? And yeah, well, Titanus. Titanus. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, well, even right. just the uh, the whole idea of Power Rangers, it, like the fact that it came out in the early 90s and had essentially ninjas, which are cool, robots, which are cool, monsters and aliens, which are cool, um, dinosaur robots, which are even cooler. <laughs> um, like, I mean, it's, it's literally everything you could ever have wanted in a kid's show. Like as if you were like a seven or eight year old at the time, like that was like literally everything you could have ever asked for in a show. And they just happened to play it about 15 minutes after you get off the school bus every day. It was amazing. You're, you're also forgetting Brian that they had a robot ninja. Well, that's true. That is true. Oh, ninja Yep. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I liked his voice. Ninja! <laughs> yeah, but it was like everything you could have asked for. Like, th- it's no surprise at all that this show just took off like a rocket. Oh, absolutely. 
And we and you brought up a point that Saban was brilliant. They it gets one more step level of brilliance in that the fact that so they were adapting a Japanese show that already had a Bandai toy line. So they were getting the molds and or the stock toys from Bandai to begin with, slapping a different sticker or decal on them and then reselling them. <laughs> and they could, That's pretty good. And they could probably with the way with the way that they were producing them and stuff they could probably release them right in advance of the show coming out so that then the kids would be wanting to buy more and more as the series as the seasons came on oh mm-hmm. sure i mean with the exception of like the out of suit toys or i don't know if you remember the flip head power rangers yeah oh yeah um i had all of those i may or may I not still, still have, have one, one. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I still have at least two or three of them. Yeah, I don't have any of those anymore, unfortunately. I actually never had them as a kid, and then once my kids showed the slightest interest in Power Rangers, I Adam was actually with me on one of these trips. I went down to the toy store in Kokomo, Indiana. It's yeah. about a four-hour drive from my house, but they have everything you could ever imagine in the terms of action figures. Wow. And they have an amazing Power Rangers selection. They have just big bins, and it's like, this one's missing the blaster, so it's $2. And uh, you can mix and match and whatever you want, and you can assemble a whole team. And I bought, I don't know how many of those, stashed them away, and then every Christmas or birthday, oh, hey, here's a new Power Ranger figure. Oh, actually, funny story, speaking of which, uh, so I was a huge Power Rangers fan when I was younger, and, you know, every Christmas it seemed like, you know, my parents would get me one of the toys uh, for that particular uh, show, and so, so a few years ago, mind you, I'm in my 30s, a few years ago for Christmas... I got a Power Rangers watch, and the story behind it was that my parents had actually gotten it for me when I was a kid, but like Clark W. Criswold in Christmas <laughs> Vacation, where he finds the stored uh, gift for his wife from Valentine's Day like three years previous, they actually <laughs> found the watch that they had intended to give me as a kid, so somewhere around my parents' house... I have a Power Rangers watch. <laughs> that is that's epic. so amazing, and <laughs> I mean it would be in mint condition because it's never been taken out of the package. So, I mean that's exactly, probably worth something. Yeah. This you know that's did interesting. Did it still fit you? Uh, I'm sure it did. I have uh, pretty small wrists generally. <laughs> so, <laughs> Paul, your story that you were telling me about uh, when your kids was getting into Power Rangers made me think of uh, that meme where it shows like the dad dressed up as like the red ranger and then like the kid or something dressed up as the green ranger and it says face it ladies he's been dreaming about this since they said it was a boy (laughs) (laughs) if they made a 3x uh dragon zord costume because let's face it i'd have to be the zord for the illusion to work (laughs) i would so be in there you, you, I could so see you and Josh, you being the Dragon Zord and he being the Green Ranger. That would be the best Power Ranger <laughs> co costume ever. Oh, that yeah. actually would be an awesome. To I mean, he, I guess he's a little older now, but if uh, 
if you could have pulled that off when he was younger, that would have been a really cool costume. It may like, still happen. You never know. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. There's, there's like harnesses and things I'm sure you could fashion into the costume. But since we're on the topic of Dragon Zord, we have neglected everyone's favorite, the Green Ranger, Tommy Oliver. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Keeper of the Dragon Dagger, slash flute, <laughs> slash... Slash synthesizer. Synthesizer. <laughs> that he could somehow blow into with his mask on. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Did not need to remove his helmet whatsoever. <laughs> I can't believe I was in my 30s before that was pointed out to me, and I never questioned it before that point. I know. I mean, Mm -hmm. why would you? It just seemed so logical when you were a kid. (laughs) You you have to do a lot of suspension of disbelief with Power Rangers, let's face it. That's true. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Except for the fact that, you know, they all looked really good in spandex. Like, I'm sure that's a big part of the casting is they're like, okay, we need to see how you're going to look in the spandex suit because it's not hiding anything. Sure. Right. right. Like the workout regiment for like um, Austin St. John must have been or um, Jason David Frank must have been insane to look. I mean, I know they pat it and they, you know, do their best to like bulk it out, but at the end of the day, that's still the body shape. You know what I mean? Like right, that's right. that's a whole level of pressure I'm not prepared for. <laughs> I want them to do like a Power Rangers thirty years later, see them go and morph again as dads. That would be hilarious. <laughs> Power Rangers dad bod. <laughs> it's over nine thousand. Like they're they're trying to uh fight off the putty soldiers. And uh, Tommy gets winded halfway through the battle. (laughs) I thought you were going to say they're trying to fight off diabetes. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, (laughs) it is the silent killer. (laughs) Oh, no, it's Rita's latest monster, diabetes. Run. (laughs) (laughs) Diabetor. (laughs) Is that a a power coin or a Bud Light cap? (laughs) (laughs) As with their weapons and their special abilities, each Power Ranger was the pilot of their own special Zord, which was supposed to be based on some sort of ability that they housed in real life. Or at least it was supposed to have some characteristic or to be an extension of them for why the Zord chose them. Right. So, mm-hmm. so let's let's take one step back and let's explain okay. what, what Zords are. Um, so Zords... They they have a lot of different iterations in future like uh, future seasons of Power Rangers, but in these early seasons they were these giant, I guess for lack of a better term, like giant robotic, dinosaur shaped machines that could then all be fitted together at a later point to make a Mega Zord. Um, but they were all different, either dinosaur or prehistoric animal shaped, and. Um, and color coded to match that particular yes, ranger. yep, they were all mm-hmm. color coded too. It. Yep, yep. Well, and what what I loved, kind of going back to something we mentioned last week, every time that they uh, would call upon the Megazord, it was the exact same stock footage of the Zords coming oh, together. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and also the exact same stock footage of them doing their little martial arts moves while calling the Zords. And yes. <laughs> yep. They you had could, to do a little flare, and it was like, 
you know, circle your hands around each other and then punch. And right, it's like, yep. White Tiger! <laughs> yep, you had to call out your color and your Zord name. Yep. Which got a little awkward if you were, you know, the black or yellow ranger in the first two seasons. <laughs> no, I didn't, I didn't think they well, called out their colors in the early well, seasons. Did, I thought it was just like Mastodon. Well, they uh, did for morphing. Okay. Yes. Or gotcha. actually, no, they didn't. They didn't. You're right. No, they didn't call out their color when they were morphing. They, but yeah, they, I, I was I was like Mastodon was it Pterodactyl, Triceratops, Sabertooth Tiger, Tyrannosaurus, yeah, Tyrannosaurus. Oh, but they, they when they went over to the Thunderzords, like the next iteration after they lost the Dinozords, they started saying like Tyrannosaurus, Red Dragon, Thunderzord. Oh, oh that's yeah, very very involved. It's like yeah. hyphenated Zord that's names. True. That's true. I crazy. remember at some point the color came into it. Yeah. You know, that sort of brings up something else we skipped is they had their morpher belts, which I don't know about you. I still want that belt buckle. Oh, it'd be so cool. <laughs> I've seen people sweet. who have had it, too. Like whenever uh, you go to as many metal shows as I do, you're bound to see somebody with a Power Rangers belt. They're so cool. So cool. Oh, yeah. The The other thing I always wanted as a kid was one of the Power Rangers helmets and uh, it looks like my dream could become a reality because they are actually selling the full-scale models of the Power oh, Rangers. Oh, that's helmets, awesome! Including, I, I thought you—I thought you were a Power Ranger at one point, Adam, like for Halloween uh, or something. I believe I was. Yeah, yeah, I uh, was the Red Ranger, if I remember correctly. And uh, yeah, like you can actually get now the Red Rangers replica helmet. And the Green Ranger was the most recent one to come out. And uh, they're full size. You can wear them. Like, they actually, like, there's little clips on the side. So you can open up the mask no matter how, you know, big, small your head is. They have, like, one of those little uh, adjustable bands inside. So you can actually go and make it perfect for your head. So you that can is, be a ranger now. That is badass. I'm getting one. I know, right? I want to get the Green Ranger one so bad. I mean, I'm getting one for my kid. That's what I meant, because we got to be yeah. in a... <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm not even going to feign that. I don't have any kids. I'm getting it because I want to be a Power Ranger, damn it. <laughs> so I have to shout out a friend of the show podcast. I shouldn't say friend of the show, more of acquaintance of the show, but the name of the podcast is called My Wife is Going to Kill Me. And the entire show is about people our age who collect toys they have no business hunting. <laughs> Interesting. I need to My check this out. My wife is going to kill me. And uh, when I say acquaintance, it's because I can't remember their names, but I bump into them uh, at the toy show every year because they actually do a booth at the Grand Rapids Toy Show. And uh, they look at me and go, hey, you're the dating ourselves guy. And I look at them and I'm like, your wife's going to kill me. And we nod and do that awkward stare because we can't remember each other's names. Hey. And then we uh, walk in. Exactly. And then we walk our separate ways. I like that it. It's so funny. Wow. That's awesome. <laughs> I like that. It's a yearly thing, too, like an annual awkward moment. Every December. <laughs> That's so funny. That's the worst thing when you can't remember somebody's name, too. We actually have these neighbors. Um, and I guess this is probably true. And, and maybe uh, Dan and Paul can kind of add some 
nods or whatever to this, but like when you have kids, you don't always necessarily remember the parents' names of your kids' friends. Oh yeah, that's yeah. Julie's mom. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. The same thing is true with dog parents. <laughs> so our dog has a best friend and his name is Percy. And I know Percy's like mom's name. So the, the female owner's name is Lisa. I have no idea what her husband's name is. And he and I bump into each other at least once a week while walking our dogs. And we'll talk all about work. We'll talk all about different breweries we've been going to. We'll talk about anything and everything you can think of. And I cannot remember. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we've been introduced at some point. I just cannot remember his name. It's been like two years. And it's, it's like, it's too late to And to then ask. you do that awkward Facebook stalking, trying to figure it out. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. Hey, pal. How you doing? You don't know my name, do you? Uh, sure I do, partner. This <laughs> will be real fun when you find out they listen to the show. That would be something. That would be something. (laughs) So back to morphers. (laughs) Uh, One of the things I loved about the morphers is the morphers all had a coin slot for each Power Rangers coin or power coin where they drew their power from, which got its energy from the morphing grid. But do you ever actually see them add or remove the power coin to the morpher? Because I do not recall. They only did it when they had to give up their power coins. Oh, yeah. uh, For It was, I don't remember the specific episode, but I think it was they had to give up their power coins to rescue Tommy. Because he uh, he was caught in that dimension. When they first got them, too, they were not in the, they actually had to add them to the morphing belt or whatever it was, uh, the morpher. But yeah, other than that, I think they very rarely ever actually turned them or uh, took them out. The other thing that I noticed about the morphers, too, is that, you know, how they're supposed to hold them up to do their morphing. I think I can count on my on my right hand how many times you actually see them pull out their morphers to actually morph in the show. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. Every other time it's like switch to morphing sequence. You never see it. (laughs) <laughs> and most of the time it's the same stock footage although they had a they had a couple different ones so that at least closely matched the clothes they were wearing going into it yeah <laughs> well why would they do that that takes all the fun out of it <laughs> So each Power Ranger, as we said, was assigned their each own Zord. So the Red Ranger had the Tyrannosaurus Rex Zord. Um, it could kind of, kind of, he was kind of the leader, yeah. So it made yeah. sense to have the the Tyrant King be his be his Zord. Makes sense. Ooh. That's what that's what Tyrannosaurus Rex means in Latin. L- tyrant lizard. Brian tyrant lizard king. Latin. Yeah. That's all I got. I have guys. no comeback for that. <laughs> yeah, that's all I got. I don't know any other Latin other than dinosaur names. So, <laughs> so most of the Zords had special abilities for attacking one on one, but it almost was never showcased in the original show right. because they just reused so much the same stock footage. They very rarely actually attacked monsters one on one. Hmm. Yeah, they the, would pretty much always go right to. Oh crap! We got to bring all them all together. Make the Megazord. Watch my monster grow! (laughs) (laughs) I also remember seeing a uh, meme on the uh, Facebooks, and they had, like, uh, 
it showed the monster get created by Rita and is, is terrorizing Angel Grove. And the Power Rangers get, they go out and they're looking at each other and we're like, what are we doing? And so they just call their Zords and step on the monster. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a lot more efficient, although it probably, they always had to have some BS reason to lead the monster out of the city so that they never had to deal with uh, crushing buildings. Yeah. Yeah. Because that would have made it so much cooler, but very, very, very expensive. <laughs> to they make had all to the go miniatures. to that same Dust Bowl field that they used for all of these shows in Japan. Yeah. Like the, you see, it, it's like the casting couch in those videos I'm not allowed to mention. <laughs> oh, when you no. see that particular area, you know exactly what it's from. <laughs> and it's that it's same like, uh, like area where the, all the buildings that they crush, that they do happen to crush in the battles, are abandoned buildings miraculously right yeah it kind of reminds me of uh like like they'd be just battling out there and then they would just bump into like godzilla versus megalon like they're just gonna be (laughs) fighting each other out there and jet jaguar is just gonna fly in and it's just like what are you guys doing it's like a totally separate universe like but dude it's the same barren field like there's only so many of these in japan come on (laughs) why do they keep putting the power lines up in the exact same spot when you know they're just gonna get (laughs) knocked down down. again next week (laughs) put like a big yellow science is monster crossing here It is funny, though, that you mentioned... Kaiju uh, Corner. <laughs> uh, it is funny, though, that you mentioned the whole, like, getting into the Megazord right away. Because that seems like it would have been such an easy... Like, so much easier. But it always had to be like, oh, we gotta fight him as, like, Power Rangers on the ground. And then they'd get, uh, like, beat enough that they're like, oh, no. And then they would... Then, the, of course, the bad guy would go and become huge, so then they'd have to get the Megazord out. It's like, boy, they really could have saved time and just gotten into the Megazord right away, knowing that it was going to happen. Now yeah. that I think about it, um, I think they, t- they explained it in the very first episode when they were getting their powers. I think one of the rules for being a Power Ranger, I'm not sure why he had this rule, but Zordon said, never escalate a... F- a uh, uh, fight with the enemy unless the enemy escalates it first or something like that I think was one uh-huh. of the rules one of the, there was like rules where they couldn't use their power for personal gain they couldn't um, escalate a fight with the enemy unless the enemy did first and then they couldn't reveal their identity to Shit. others and they couldn't Stupid wish for more Zordon wishes having to actually <laughs> add in context to this yeah so, well, we keep talking about the Megazord, but I'd love to talk about the other four Zords that aren't the Tyrannosaurus first. Yes. So we have the Tyrannosaurus <laughs> Rex, which can shoot laser beams from both of its eyes, which was pretty sweet, but I can't remember a time it was ever used. It could yeah. hover for short distances, which they showed every time where it would just like jump up and sort of hover as part of the transformation sequence. Mm-hmm. And it could disintegrate enemies with ground charge attack, kind of like Diglett. Where it just yes. sort of like did a charge and you don't know how it works, but it does like crazy, you know, like 20 crit damage. <laughs> it shot out like this sonic boom out of its mouth and you could see it like vibrate to the ground until it hit the the monster or whatever. Yeah. So the Black Ranger had the Mastodon. 
um, which could freeze enemies by blasting liquid nitrogen from his trunk, which I think is hilarious because whenever you think of a mastodon, at least for me, I always think of them frozen in ice, which is like a common trope in media. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. Where, you know, they always find a mastodon in ice and then they're able to thaw it out and bring it back or, you know, yep. vice versa. So I just always thought that was really cool that he had the trunk ice blast. But much like the eye laser blast, I don't remember it being used all that much. Yeah. I feel like it was used more than the eye lasers, but it still wasn't used very often. Yeah. Um, The Blue Ranger had the uh, Triceratops Zord. Um, It had a tail-mounted laser cannon and could launch its horns to capture enemies with chains. So it was almost like a front wench that could just shoot out and uh, grab onto stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Sabertooth Tiger, which... It had a it had a laser cannon on its tail, and it reminded me of the lions from Voltron. Voltron, oh yeah, yeah. but absolutely, it didn't get a lot of play from what I recall. Like it's out of all the Zords, it's the one that I remember the least about. And it's, in my opinion, one of the coolest designs of all the Zords too. Obviously, mm-hmm. like the Dragon Zord is the most cool, like by far and away. But I always thought like second place was the saber toothed tiger. I always thought that that was such a a badass looking Zord. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe it's because it reminded me of Ultron. You know, maybe, maybe that's part of it. But and then uh, we had for to round off the original Ranger team, we had the uh, Pink Rangers Pterodactyl Zord. Mm-hmm. And I don't say that it's my favorite just because it was piloted by Amy Jo Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was. Everyone's first crush. <laughs> they they all had their specific. Like they were a specific piece when they came together of the Megazord. So the right, Blue right. Ranger and the, uh, you know, the Triceratops and the Saber Tooth Tiger, Tiger were the legs. The Dragon Zord or whatever that was, uh, Tyrannosaurus. Sorry, I'm uh, a little <laughs> off. Uh, the Tyrannosaurus was the base, and then the Pink Ranger's Pterodactyl was like the chest plate of the armor. And then the uh, Mastodon was the shield, as well as, like, the piece that connected the head of the Tyrannosaurus Rex and the Pterodactyl. So it kind of, like, acted as the connection piece between those two? Didn't it have, wasn't it, like, the arms? Didn't didn't it have like? Didn't oh, it you're connect- right. Yeah, it connected from the back, and then the arms came down, and I think it w- Yeah, you're right. It was also the shield. Yeah, yeah. The head was the shield, and then the body of it made up the arms. But it like went across the the I guess like the upper body part of the dragons or the uh, Zord. Yeah. Not only did it have the best-looking pilot, but it also had two twin laser cannons. Yes. Yeah. So, last but not least, the mother of all memes, the coolest (laughs) Zord in existence, the Dragon Zord for the Green Ranger. Yep. Oh, yeah. Is it evil? Is it good? Tune in next week. But it was a sight to behold. It was the only Zord that was as big as the Megazord without transforming. 
Um, it was one of the few to be like actually piloted. Most of the other Zords, like they seemed like they rode in it or rode on it, but they didn't ever show them piloting it. Whereas the Dragon Zord was actually piloted by Tommy. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Um, and it also more so had a personality and a mind of its own. Like all the Zords were supposed to like have some sort of you know, not AI, but they were supposed to have some sort of persona associated with them. Whereas the Dragon Zord was actually mostly autonomous. Like Tommy could just, you know, pull out his uh, whistle and, you know, call mm-hmm. it and it came running. Yep. And then he does that cool flip onto the top to actually enter the pilot area. Yep. Yeah. Well, and uh, what was cool with that one, too, is, uh, as I mentioned earlier, that added a whole nother dimension to the Megazord because... Uh, not only could they have the Megazord, but then they could do a whole nother transformation where the Dragonzord was added to it to make a whole nother weapon the, for them. The Meg, are you? You're speaking of the Mega Dragonzord. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So okay. So the, where the the saber tiger and the Triceratops were the legs, right? Yep. And then what did did the Tyrannosaurus do anything with the Mega Dragonzord? Because I remember there being two different iterations of the Mega Dragonzord. One yeah, were like, so, yeah, go ahead. Well, well, what I was going to say is uh, on the Mega Dragonzord, the Tyrannosaurus Rex was still the base of it, but where like normally it had those like two horns or whatever that came out of the side when it had the face, those would go back and the. Dragonzord would go on top of all of that. And yeah, it was almost like twin, like, Zoss cannons on either side. Right. That's right. Yep. Yep, and that would be the new face of it, because the... or part of the face of it, because I think the Tyrannosaurus Rex face still came out of it, but it was surrounded by the Dragonzord. Uh, and the other thing about the Dragonzord is that um, it it combined with so after the mega dragon zord it then combined with the uh the regular mega zord to connect with then titanus to make what was called the ultra zord which mm-hmm. was like their final coup de gras for anything that they couldn't defeat with the other smaller zords right crap we need something for christmas let's yep. make a helicarrier <laughs> right exactly <laughs> Well, I think there and was it two be different. Seven feet long. I think there was two different versions of the Mega Dragon Zord because I think there was one that was almost more like, almost like some type of like Japanese Imperial Guard looking thing where the, the yeah. Tyrannosaurus and Pterodactyl were hidden almost entirely. So instead of being like these giant cannons on either side of the Mega Zord with a dragon head on top of the T Rex, like the normal head, it was like the dragon head took its place. It, yeah. it had like a it had like a regular face too that dropped down from yeah. mm-hmm. the top instead of having the dragon head up top. That one actually looked cooler because it yeah. also had it also had a uh so we we didn't really talk about the Dragon Zorn's main weapons, which were like the uh the fingertip cannons and the, the tail drill, but it also had mm-hmm. a like a lance kind of drill when it when it formed the mega dragon zord that it spun around and drilled into the center of the the giant monster oh yeah i forgot about that i think and i think if i remember correctly in one of the episodes it actually showed it drill a giant hole through the monster which i thought was 
looking back now is like pretty gory for kids TV. <laughs> Oh, yeah. But it's a monster. Who cares? It's funny how much they tone down Power Rangers from the source material. So, like, when they would fight the putties, it would never be blood or, um, you know, it would never be blood or damage. It would just be sparks flying as they struck them. Oh, yeah. God, yeah. And, um, but at some point, it had to have been hard to cut that out from the source material because, like, we talked about the Pink Ranger's bow being able to shoot multiple targets at once. If you go back and you watch Zoo Ranger, there was multiple times where the Pink Ranger would shoot arrows and you would just see arrows go through Putty's heads, like, left and right. Dang. Oh, my gosh. No blood, but it was relatively graphic for children's TV. Saban did a really good job trying to tone it down for an American, you know, parents' rights group's audience. Right. Hmm. I mean, why is Billy sparking? And I think that that kind of segues into something else that I think is particularly interesting about the Power Rangers, which is the reaction when Power Rangers first came out is like, all the kids loved it, so all the parents loved it too, and you'd like buy your kids all this stuff for Christmas and stuff like that um, until people started getting like legitimately injured pretending to yeah. be the Power Rangers like during recess and stuff like that because I remember oh, there yeah. were rules where like you couldn't play Power Rangers at recess anymore because some kid got a tooth knocked out or something like that yep I was gonna say raise your hand if you know suffered some sort of injury as a result of playing Power Rangers raise his hand de- definitely <laughs> exactly definitely I- I didn't get injured, but I did accidentally injure one of my friends, but it wasn't, it wasn't my, like, I wasn't the one attacking. He actually jumped on me. He jumped on my back and I wasn't expecting it. And he slid forward when my weight shifted forward and he landed face first on the concrete and knocked his teeth through his lip. Oh, oh (laughs) Lord. Yeah. uh, You guys uh, know who it is. It's, uh. One of the uh, guests that we previously had on the show, Mike. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, we were in uh, maybe first, second grade, something like that when it happened. That's unbelievable. I, yeah. I had no idea. I'm going to have to ask him about that. That's hilarious. I will be sure to bring that up next time I see him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, jumped right on my back and uh, face planted and knocked his two front teeth through his lip. So, with every good injury-laden children fad, someone has to pull the uh, Mrs. Lovejoy and say, please, won't somebody Somebody think think of of the the children? children. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And that launched all sorts of parent advocacy groups into banning Power Rangers, uh, stopping distribution, and like all censorship campaigns, it did nothing but (laughs) incite its popularity oh sure sure um it did however have heavy influence over uh some of the writing staff or at least fox kids had heavy influence over saban that they started to incorporate um you know your typical public service announcements after school special style activism and we started to see more and more episodes with an anti-bullying message or overcoming adversity there was always a bullied child or a sick child or someone in need that needed an extra hand and those you know short storylines started to scatter themselves through the into the second season yeah actually Mm -hmm. even it started in the 
in the first season, there was a lot of that activism stuff that was going on, too. Like, every episode would have some sort of, like, positive theme, like, uh, especially when it came to pollution, they would try to, they're all about cleaning up the earth and stuff. And so one episode, uh, Rita's monster was all about like putting garbage everywhere and, and, uh, repolluting all the work that the, the power Rangers, the teens did. So like each episode that they had like these, these positive messages or, you know, uh, positive tropes about them, there would be a monster that would be created to sort of counteract that, as it were. Like, they they were the foil to that particular yeah. message. And no one thought to invite Captain Planet. I know, I was thinking the exact same thing. It sounds like a straight rip-off of it. <laughs> you got all these kids with special powers that are trying to fight uh, against pollution and stuff like yeah. that it's well, I, basically I feel like, oh go ahead go ahead i was just gonna say it's basically uh captain planet oh yeah well i feel like in the 80s there was a lot of public service announcements that were kind of geared towards um kids in the 80s because they were essentially like the first generation who had both parents working um and so it's all stuff like you know don't you know, answer the door when your parents aren't home and don't talk to strangers and do stuff like it was very uh, like stuff you should never do. Where in the 90s, it all the public service announcements kind of changed to like Paul was saying, like, keep an eye out for people, make sure they're not being bullied, keep an eye out for your planet and make sure that it's, you know, you're being um, you know resourceful and, um, you know, environmentally conscious and things like that. Mm-hmm. It, it's really interesting kind of how that shift happened from, you know, um, although don't do drugs was both eighties and nineties, so I don't know that one's kind of an outlier, I guess. But um, but I always thought the that was interesting. The only thing Dare ever did for me was make me question what drugs were, because I feel like they should have explained that in the Dare program. Oh yeah, I mean there's a there's a really funny story about that with uh, my cousin. Um, he's I guess two or three years younger than I am, and he had like the whole Dare seminar thing going on at his elementary school. And they said, you know, drugs can be smoked or they can be drank or they can be snorted or whatever. And so he goes home and, and his dad is smoking a cigarette and he like, says something to his dad like, you should really stop using drugs. Um, it, it really hurts. Like it was like straight from the dare, like literature, like it hurts me when you use drugs. And he's like, what the hell are you talking about using drugs? <laughs> Oh, that's like that kid. Uh, there was a video like a year or two ago where the little uh, girl told that her teacher that her parents grew weed at their house. And uh, so the <laughs> dad, like in order to CYA, because he, he was like, you know, I can get in a lot of trouble for this. He uh, videotaped his daughter and he's like, OK, Show daddy where the the weed is, and she goes out and points to a weed in the grass, like oh yeah, in the lawn. <laughs> She's like, "There, that's the weed." <laughs> <laughs> well played. <laughs> <laughs> uh, little kids getting their parents arrested and or fired from their jobs since nineteen eighty three. You guys so, heard about you guys heard about the the lesbian orphan, didn't you? No, no. L- little girl that told her teacher that she was a lesbian orphan, and it's like, well, parent-teacher conferences are like the end of this week. So, I guess I don't know if this is an urban legend or if it's a true story, but apparently, 
she was Lebanese and an oh. only child. <laughs> but she she thought she was a lesbian orphan for some reason. So <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I'm sorry, Paul. Go on. That was an interesting conference. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> well, I was going to say, as we divulge further and further from the subject matter, do you guys have any favorite moments from pop culture or any favorite stories involving Power Rangers characters or events? So going along the lines of getting injured uh, because of Power Rangers, uh, I used to uh, go over to a buddy of mine's house all the time and we would just play Power Rangers in the basement all the time. Like we would go, we'd get into some like in-depth storylines. Like we went as far as to like make our own Power Rangers series, our own... Our own Rangers, everything else, yeah. We. I really we're, thought you were going to say Power Rangers cereal, which I don't Power know if that existed or not, but it definitely should have. That would have been awesome. It, <laughs> yes, we were. We had our own product line. It was a mess. Um, yeah, and that's why you moved to Battle Creek is to make Power Rangers cereal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it makes sense now. He's chasing the dream. <laughs> but we would, uh, we would like act out our own Power Rangers scenes and episodes and stuff. And one time, like we would get pretty hardcore with our our martial arts moves quote unquote and i (laughs) ended up misjudging how far i could kick and ended up kicking his brick wall in the basement (laughs) and thinking that i had broken my leg and i had to be rushed to the emergency room luckily i only bruised it i guess but that was kind of the uh where my parents started becoming anti-power rangers (laughs) Ooh, gotcha gotcha that's fair that's fair. As a parent now, I could totally see that as okay. It might be time to tone this down. Let's let's try some Care Bears, yeah. Potato Head Kids, uh, Veggie Tales. Where's my hairbrush? How about you, Brian? So I know we talked about this a little bit in the last episode, um, but we never really got to dive into it too much. But I remember, you know, seeing commercials for Power Rangers before it ever even aired. And they're like, I don't remember what date it was, but it was like it was going to be around the beginning of the school year, sometime in September or something like that. The the show is going to start. It's going to be amazing. You're going to want to see it. And it's like, okay, cool, cool. Um, And you have no idea what to expect. And the very first thing is just that absolute kick-ass theme song. Oh, Um, yeah. it, It is so hard to, like, it reminds me of the Crossfire uh, board game yes. commercial just like this a whole nother <laughs> level of just like um Hype. cool like power metal type stuff um and the vocals are just like, go go power rangers and then the, the guitars are like all harmonized like like iron maiden style i mean it was such an amazing tune um it, it definitely set the show up. Like I remember hearing that the first time I was I was first grade, I guess, about seven years old, and jumping up and down on the couch like this is gonna be amazing. And then of <laughs> course it did not disappoint. You know, you had Goldar in that first episode, and yeah. you know they kind of do the whole origin story and they walk you through how Zords work. And oh my gosh, it like blew my mind. Um, <laughs> He's getting jazzed it, up just talking about it. Right I know, now. <laughs> I, but the whole thing started with like uh, like that ring entrance music essentially you know that that power rangers theme song <laughs> it's a perfect is, description of it <laughs> and that's what it is it's, it's a hype track man it's so yeah. amazing 
Um, and I, have you heard the orchestra version that they produced for the movie? Um, uh, no, probably. I have not. <laughs> I bought the soundtrack just for that song. The, the like the recent movie that came out a couple years ago, or like the movie no, that the came 95 out like ninety five. Okay, oh I'll yeah, check that out. I'll have to check that out. I I saw the movie in theaters, but I have not likely seen it since. So. Oh, I used to have it on VHS. I watched that. That was probably one of those movies that I wore down the tape on it. Yes, that's right, children. I just said I wore down the wore tape. Wore down the on tape. It. <laughs> <laughs> Be kind and rewind. Oh yeah, yeah. But yeah, I actually remember. Like that's probably one of the only shows that I legitimately remember watching the very first episode live when it aired. Like I started watching it from day one. And it was the best decision I ever made because that show was nuts. So my favorite Power Rangers memory, which was not a fun memory at the time, was when they switched to Power Rangers in space. And I had more or less stopped watching Power Rangers on a regular basis by this point because this would have been 99 and if I remember correctly it was summer of 99 because they started to start the new seasons in August right around back to school time mm-hmm. yep, yep. Mm-hmm. and my dad had never watched Power Rangers and we had a cabin up north that we would always go to for the summer and we only had a TV antenna and this particular summer that it started we had a lot of weather there was a a large storm that took down a bunch of trees there was a lot of rain and there was very few weekends to play outside and we were stuck in a cabin with only a TV antenna and my dad turned on the TV and he caught the very first episode of Power Rangers in space. And he is one of those guys that even if he doesn't necessarily like something, if he starts it, he has to finish it. <laughs> and from that point on, for the next 11 months, it was a fight for every member in the family to who got the TV remote on Saturday morning. Because if my dad got up first, we were all watching Power Rangers <laughs> to the point that he started to record it. And then we would, you know, on like, you know, oh, it's an old, it's a repeat. Well, let's watch this episode because it was better. Your oh dad sounds awesome. <laughs> and I, I, it's funny because it wasn't like that was his thing. Like, you know, with my kids, I get excited about it and I enjoy it now. When I was entering my teen years, that was just a part of my life I was trying to get past. You know, I didn't yeah. think girls right. would think that was cool. Right. You know, now right. I'm right. back into it again and I love it. And my kids and I are watching, you know, the Japanese Power Rangers and we are, you know, we're watching everything in the genre and it's a blast. But back then, I could not get further away from and looking back on it, I really kind of regret it because that could have been something really stupid that we probably could have bonded over. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I still have those VHS tapes where I have almost every episode recorded as it was on TV. Nice. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah, I never watched any of that stuff. After the Green Ranger turned into the White Ranger, that's about more or less when I stopped watching. And I'm not, it wasn't because of that. It wasn't like, oh gosh, this is just too much too much change too quick it was it was just you know i i got into sports i got into music i got into some other stuff and just kind of stopped watching at that point mm-hmm. um so a lot of these like iterations that came on afterwards like power rangers in space power rangers the lost galaxy like all of that stuff I, I missed entirely. Um, the best part of lost galaxy was they reused the costumes from starship troopers 
Oh, that's, oh, that's right. That is cool. I remember that. Yeah. Because uh, Saban at that point was uh, they Fox owned the rights to it, so they were using Fox props, and so they had access to the uh, the soldier uniforms from Starship Troopers. So all of the non Ranger characters were wearing Starship Trooper uniforms in Power Rangers Lost Galaxy. That's hilarious. Yeah, when they would go out, when they first got out in out to battle, that's what they were wearing. And I, I remember watching it, thinking, "Is this what they're going? Is this going to be their uniforms? What the hell?" <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, uh, I think I stopped watching. I, I still watch after the movie for a little bit. So like when they became the Ninja Rangers or whatever for a little while. But I don't think I made it much further past that. I am that, a, that does bring up a character that we haven't talked about yet that was pretty awesome from the movie. Ivan Ooze. <laughs> 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 he was like a weird... I don't even know how you would describe him. He was like a weird, uh, like, putty-looking dude that was purple, and he would use the uh, the ooze as mind control so the movie was its own production it was the first thing that they filmed new scenes for and because they were filming new costumes and new scenes they had to come up with an original bad guy to incorporate the new footage because they didn't have high production stock footage to use for it and it was their first attempt and it was great at the time i loved it looking back on it it was it's it's rough if i remember correctly the the storyline for that movie actually never made it into canon to the show in fact the 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 tangas or tangus as he called them in the movie ended up being a part of the canon line when um oh rito was the the new bad guy that came onto the scene and gave him the the tangas but they but what the events that happened in that movie it, just in that particular power rangers the movie never became canon for the show oh interesting which I, was not uncommon for that era of kids tv being turned into movies yeah i do have to say uh i know the movie like wasn't necessarily the best outing they ever had or anything, but the way that they adapted the original Power Rangers costumes for the movie was really sweet. Like the fact that they up, you know, upgraded the suits and made them look, uh, you know, it wasn't just that those nylon suits or whatever, you know, uh, whatever it material it was spandex. The spandex yeah yeah it wasn't the spandex suits and on top of that they like really went all out on the helmets which was really cool like i think uh the red ranger had like spotlights added onto his helmet so he could like you know when it was dark he could add these big spotlights to see things and uh, a couple of them had like visors that had different scanners and stuff in them it was pretty neat. What cool way to adapt that for the movie and really make it something different. 
it brought closure to some of the previous characters that had left because Austin St. John came back as Jason Lee. Kimberly was there. Um, you know, some of the characters that had kind of been phased out from, you know, past came in and it, you know, they worked them into the story and it came around at the perfect time for the Power Rangers boom. It was almost like the apex of the original Ranger saga. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It was like a, kind of a bookend to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was it was super exciting at the time and I remember being geeked for it and loving it in the theaters, but man, going back and watching it now, I will agree that those suits are still cool and Ivan Ooze is still a sweet bad guy, but I still don't understand the plot of that movie or the several plots of that movie. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't they actually show Z- I think I remember them showing Zordon it broken in the tube. Also, the tube got broken, which to me didn't seem right because in in the movie he was a body after the tube was broken i thought this is wrong this is very wrong this should not happen yeah so like something happens where the the tube that encapsulates him and protects him breaks and so like they then look in the rubble and he's his body is there which definitely was He's like a trunk of a tree with a head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way of describing it. I am him. Groot. <laughs> <laughs> but in the show, he was supposed to be like trapped in another dimension and they were just using a viewing screen in order to communicate with him. Yeah. He wasn't physically there. Yeah, well, they didn't need to worry about that for the movie, I guess. <laughs> Canon? What's canon? We can shoot our own scenes now. <laughs> Dang we right. don't need no stinking storyline. We don't need no canon. <laughs> Unless it's a, a canon that can use a bunch of different weapons to come together and make a big canon. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> so, anything else you guys uh, had to get off your chest? Well, one thing I did want to say, uh, to this day... I still think the one of the biggest disappointments with the Power Rangers is that they never made a really good video game for Power Rangers. They had a couple of side scrollers back during the NES era, and uh, they they've recently come out with one that's kind of like a Mortal Kombat style uh, fighting game, but they never have come out with a truly good like. Power Rangers game where you take over as like Power Rangers, kind of like the the new Avengers game that they're going to come out with where you take over as like different Avengers and stuff like that. They've never actually come out with a good game for that. And I always thought that was a wasted opportunity. And at this point, yeah, it probably yeah. is a big wasted opportunity. But uh, they do have a new... Uh, who was it, Paul, that recently bought the rights to the Power Rangers? So Hasbro now has the rights to the Power Rangers. Yeah, so maybe we'll finally get that game that we've uh, that I've always wanted, but it's highly doubtful. Because uh, the but, more you talk about that, the more it like kind of makes sense in my brain, like why I stopped engaging with the Power Rangers at the time that I did, is that's when I started really getting into like. Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter and some of the other like um, bigger fighting games that were coming out in like 96, 97. Um, And like you said, there was no like 
there was no version of that for Power Rangers. Right. And that is kind of a huge lost opportunity. Um, there was an SNES game. I was going to say. It was the Megazord's Battle, which was a Mortal Kombat knockoff through and through. And you picked your favorite Zords, and then you battled Mortal Kombat style, complete with finishing moves. Right. But I knew I had never actually seen the game until a couple of years ago. I don't remember it being promoted. I don't uh, recall anyone owning it. Um, but my kids actually showed me a YouTube video of it, and then we went and found it at Play and Trade. And it's not bad, but it seems like a missed opportunity. Yeah, especially especially to have a actual like storyline based game involving the Power Rangers, where you could play as you know, uh, say Tommy and the Green Ranger, or Trini and the Yellow Ranger, or whatever. Like just that opportunity to to be able to play as the characters and be able to morph and go save the world and stuff like that. Huge missed opportunity for them. I could see the Power Rangers doing something like that back in the day with like a Final Fantasy vibe. If you guys yeah. have ever yeah. played Final Fantasy where Oh yeah. where you like zoom in right to the battle, that would have been epic. Yeah. I would love to see a Dynasty Warrior clone with the Power Rangers where you're just fighting mobs of putties. <laughs> that would be pretty cool. But I, you know, I've always like the, all those games would be great and stuff. But I've always wanted like a, you know, traditional like you take over as the character, but not in like a side scroller, but like an actual like think of how cool it would be to have like an open world Power Rangers uh, like fighting game nowadays. But then I got to find four friends who like Power Rangers in order to play. It. Uh, well, you got at least three right now. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> I mean, you that's could, fair, you could ask but... your son. You could actually get some training to be a Power Ranger finally. Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> Low blow. <laughs> What's uh, that old joke? Zords are like women. The more you hook up, the better it gets. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good old red versus blue. I'm going to hell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, uh, anything else, guys? Any uh, final thoughts? Um, big gulps. Big gulps. Always well, big gulps. <laughs> I guess that wraps up our discussion on the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers once and for all. <laughs> but that aside, we want to remind all of our listeners that if there is a topic you'd like to hear us discuss, you can submit those at our website, www.datingourselvespodcast.com. Yeah, so not every uh, episode is going to get turned into a two-parter like this one, but uh, it was definitely a pleasure having Dan on the show. So thank you so much, Dan. Uh, really great getting your wealth of knowledge on this and being able to coax all of the uh, the stuff in Paul's head out as well. Um, I know that he's been waiting to talk about this for a long time. So, But thank you again for, for joining us on this uh, second part of Power Rangers as well as the first part. Uh, folks, if you haven't listened to that yet, definitely go check that out too. Um, and thanks again for joining us on Dating Ourselves. All right. So if you like what you heard, there's more to come. You can check us out at www.datingourselvespodcast.com to learn more about us and the show. And you can check out our Contact Us tab if you'd like to submit your own nostalgic topics. You can also send us your submissions at datingourselvespodcast at AOL.com. We've got, got mail. mail. <laughs> <laughs>
In addition to iTunes, you can also find us on TuneIn Radio, Google Music, and wherever podcasts are downloaded. Please be sure to like and subscribe so you don't miss any of the throwback action. Heck yeah. We post additional content on Facebook at facebook.com slash dating ourselves podcast. If you're on Instagram, you can find us at dating ourselves podcast. And we do the Twitter thing too at dated podcast. Well, before I do my classic sign off, I just want to say thank you, Dan, again for joining us. It was a pleasure having you on the show. Yeah, thanks, guys. It was a lot of fun. It, this is a blast. And hopefully we can maybe have you back in the future as some other things come. I would love to. Yeah. Are there other topics that you are a veritable treasure trove of information on? <laughs> uh, Zelda from like uh, Nintendo to all the way to Nintendo 64. That's a oh, big one. Nice. Oh, well, that's good to know. Ocarina of Time. Heck yeah. Or, How about the uh, Macarena of Time? The, the, I was going to say the more recent version, <laughs> the Macarena of Time. <laughs> hey, Link. <laughs> Well, remember, if you're too old for Snapchat and too young for Life Alert, you've just been dated. See you guys. guys. Bye. See you. Bye.